How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and I'm joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Michael Farber. We are recording on Tuesday, January 17th, and today we're just going to be going over um, some trending news for Texas and maybe get into a little bit of the 2024 class um, for Texas as of right now. Before we get into it, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, tell your friends and family about us. After that, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns updated roster, depth chart, the 2023 um, commits uh, and targets, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check that out. With all that said, Michael, how was your weekend? Yeah, had a again another pretty laid back, um, casual weekend. Got to watch um, some playoff football, which is always fun. Um, and then I, I bring it up every week, so might as well again this week. But the Bengals won, so that's yes. what, eight in a row or not? I think it's eight in a row now um, that we've won and go to face the Bills on Sunday uh, again. Kind of annoyed with that situation. I feel like um, Bengals Bills game maybe should have been the neutral site or the coin flip mm-hmm. game, but. Uh, Oh well, we we can. I, I'm pretty confident that we can beat anybody anywhere. Um, so I think it should be a good game Sunday afternoon. How about you? Yeah, I don't know why they didn't make this game a neutral site as well. It doesn't really make sense, but uh, yeah, I would be annoyed too if I were you. Um, <laughs> but so big news! I just put a future on the Bengals and the Cowboys uh, to win the Super Bowl. So I got an AFC and an NFC team now. Obviously I'm a Bears fan, so I don't I don't usually root for winning football. Um <laughs> so I'm a Bengals fan for the rest of the year. I'm nice. Let's yes. go. <laughs> um, What'd you get it at? In my uh plus uh one thousand. So Oh wow, nice. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. The Cowboys was plus one thousand. Bengals was plus seven fifty. So still oh, not. Bad. Yeah, that's still good odds. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Bengals do have a tough. I mean, you got to get through Buffalo and then most likely Kansas City, but we'll see how that Jackson game, Jacksonville game goes for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then also, um, my wife just found out who Joe Burrow is. So. Uh, <laughs> She, Yikes. She's also a fan of Cincinnati now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, God damn it. My wife says uh, the same thing. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just, I just take it up as an L. Um, <laughs> you know, no, no fault of my own. Uh, it's hard to compete with a guy like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Same with me. I, I, I didn't really do much this weekend. Um, watched a lot of football. Um, and that was uh, that was basically it. A really good week of football in the NFL, actually. Yeah. Um, every game that was supposed to be a blowout was pretty close. And even that Seattle uh, 49ers game was close in the first half. Obviously, the 49ers kind of took care of business in the second half when Brock Purdy kind of turned it on. <clears throat> oh, man. I think we got to talk a little bit about that. Who would have thought Brock Purdy turns into such a dang good quarterback in the NFL? Um, yeah. I was waiting on that for his junior and senior season and it never happened at Iowa state. So huge, huge development. Yeah. And you know, he's kind of set up in a position that's very QB friendly. 
I mean, yeah. San Francisco has so many talented playmakers on that team. Um, and then they decided to add Christian McCaffrey halfway through the mm-hmm. season, which was huge. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the playmakers around him, you know, he – I don't want to disrespect Iowa State, but he didn't have that type of, that type of talent there. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you can see how it helps a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. Um, but who knows? There, there's some rumors and, and mumbling that they may want to go after Tom Brady. I don't think they should uh, because their QB room has a lot of talent. But but uh, who knows? He he uh, pulls a lot of weight uh, around the NFL. Yeah, you know what? I I'm. I don't want Tom Brady to play too long, kind of like that last year, Peyton Manning, where it's just like, ugh, like, you're just <laughs> yeah. like, yourself, man. Like, or I mean, like the last five years of Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers, <laughs> which and Eli actually too. They had like three years of just ugly, ugly football, and they yeah. just wouldn't give it up. I don't want to see that for Tom Brady, but um, I do think it's really awesome that he's forty-five years old and still killing it. So. Um, I am all for him going somewhere else. I think San Francisco would be the best for him for what you just said. They have the most talented, uh, roster probably, um, in the NFL besides the quarterback position. So, um, and honestly, I mean, their quarterbacks are still really good. Brock Purdy has genuinely been playing well, even though I never thought that he would after his, his sophomore year, he played well at Iowa state. But then he never really developed after that. And he kind of regressed almost, it felt like, um, his junior and senior season. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, And then Trey Lance, obviously, as well. Super talented guy, but he just has not played football. um, In a while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he has less than 20 starts um, in his college and NFL career. I don't have it on the top of my head, but I would guess that that number is right around – um, like 18 or so, but because his last year of college was that 2020 season where his whole entire yeah. season got canceled. So he only has one season actually starting in college. So, um, but all right, uh, enough of a tangent, tangent over that. <laughs> um, let's get into Texas and um, let's start with this wide receiver coaching search um, update. It sounds like that there's three main candidates now um for texas it sounds like holloman wiggins isn't really in either in the running or texas uh couldn't you know get him away same with rashad samples um seems like texas couldn't really pry him away either um so three names here joel filani uh kiri colbert and then chris jackson um start with any of the three you want yeah i'll start with uh filani he he was kind of the guy that was you know, for a, a couple days there, we thought he was going to be named wide receiver coach any any moment, any moment, mm-hmm. um, and it just didn't end up happening. Um, I first looking at him, I was going to be very disappointed to have him, and you know, I mm-hmm. kind of still feel that way. I feel like um, we can obtain a better wide receiver coach that can recruit a little bit better. Um, his highest recruit ever was a three star, uh, so mm-hmm. you know it's that's not the talent that we want to bring into Texas. not saying that three stars can't turn into phenomenal players because we've seen that all over the country and in in the NFL as well. But, um, you know, the guys that we're trying to bring in um, that we may talk a little bit, a little bit more about um, in a couple of weeks, like a Micah Hudson, you know, five star top 10 player in the country. 
Um, I, I just don't know if Falani has the credentials and the and uh, the ability to bring in players like that. Um, so I was kind of disappointed yeah. to hear his name. Um, but you know, if Sark trusts him, you know, you got to trust what Sark believes and 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 uh, see how it pans out there. Um, the next one, Kiri Colbert, mm-hmm. is one that you know I am. I'm actually want him. You know, I, I I'd rather yeah. have him out of the three. Um, you know, he coached wide receivers at USC for a few years, um, three or four years, I believe. And, you know, he had guys like Amonrod St. Brown, um, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, guys like that, that were really, really good wide receivers and are really, really good wide receivers in the NFL as well. Um, so yeah. being able to bring in a guy that can develop wide receivers um, and has done it um, at a high level program like USC um that that would be something very very good that i would like to see he's currently at florida right now but i I really don't see us having a problem prying him away from florida um but yeah that that would be one he's kind of my favorite out out of the group right now Mm -hmm. and then uh chris jackson currently the wide receiver coach at uh for the jacksonville jaguars actually who have a playoff game coming up this weekend that we that we just said talked about mm-hmm. um and, and that's one <clears throat> excuse me that's one that you know if it does prolong and, and kind of wait until after this weekend and the jags end up losing you know maybe that's kind of the front runner um yeah. because obviously they're still in the playoffs he wants to coach he wants to potentially compete for a super bowl um so he's not going to leave in the middle of the playoffs um, but if Jacksonville does lose this weekend, um, we might know if he's the guy fairly soon. Um, but, you know, that's that's just kind of all up to chance. But he has coached wide receivers for a while, um, even in Chicago for the Bears there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, these three guys are kind of the names that we're hearing and are, are seeing that are the final three or the top three. Um, but, yeah, out, out of those three, you know, I, I would be ecstatic to get Kerry Colbert. Um, and even Chris Jackson, but uh, Fulani is kind of my third option there at uh, for wide receiver coach. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I think I would probably rank those the same way. Um, I'll go from your list backwards. So Chris Jackson, um, honestly, I had no idea that he was the assistant wide receivers coach for the Bears um, until I looked up his name when he got rumored to be uh, – in the running for the Texas wide receiver coaching job. And as I dug in a little bit, um, he's never had coaching experience in the college level, which is a little, um, I don't know, not scary, but um, you know, it's, it's a little bit like, uh, I don't know how this guy's going to recruit. He's also the oldest out of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I care a lot more about age now, just seeing Brennan Marion and seeing Tashard Choice, um, that energy that they bring. I talk about it all the time, but I think it's super important. Um, he's not even that old, but Chris Jackson's 47, uh, whereas Colbert and Fulani are um, 40 and 39, respectively. So a lot younger guys, obviously, um, which means a lot less experience as well. So Chris Jackson, though, actually has the least coaching experience out of the three as well. <laughs> he just started coaching in 2019 um, as a defensive assistant for Chicago. So he hasn't been coaching very long. He's the oldest of the bunch. Now, the thing going for him that I really like about him is he graduated from modern day high school in San Antana, or sorry, Santana Ana, California. 
Um, that's like California's premier college. Yeah. Or, I mean, sorry, high school football, um, high school. So him coming from there, I think that could establish some sort of bridge and modern day, obviously we already got the tight end from there. Um, Spencer Shannon, but mm-hmm. just an incredible high school program and to plant some more roots in California. I am always, always for, and speaking of roots from California, Kerry Colbert, um, played at USC and was actually at USC when Steve Sarkeesian was the quarterback's coach, uh, for USC in that, uh, 2001, 2002, 2003 season. So they're a little bit familiar, um, in that way. Um, Colbert also has experience as a coach at USC and an offensive analyst at Alabama. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that him and Sark never um, crossed paths as coaches. Um, when he was at USC, Sark was either in Washington or uh, Alabama. And then when he was at, when Colbert was at Alabama, Sark was uh, at USC. So they just never really um, crossed paths, but it's nice to see that Colbert was on that Alabama staff. So he kind of knows um, what Sark is, uh, is all about um, just coming from that Saban coaching tree, even if it's not, you know, a full on Sark doesn't run his ship exactly like Saban. It can't be that different. So it's nice to see that they have some um, familiarity there. Um, Finally, uh, Joel Filani, I agree with you. I think he would be like the least exciting of the bunch. Um, some pluses to him though. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. So <clears throat> I talked about, uh, Jackson establishing roots in matter day. Arizona is turning into a hotbed for, for high school players as well. A lot of these California families, are moving to Utah and Arizona where it's a lot, lot cheaper to live. Um, and they're getting that high, that high school, uh, California talent. So those are kind of turning into, um, good recruiting beds as well. So to get connections in those areas, um, I'm always about, so he also played a college at Texas tech. Um, Right now, he is unemployed, though. So, again, a little bit of a red flag, but, you know, it's we, – we, we've, uh, we've seen worse. So, overall, I think Sark um, is going to recruit the wide receiver position well, regardless of his wide receiver's coach at this point. Mm-hmm. I think the proof is in the pudding. Um, and apparently Sark was – is um, – very much in, in wide receiver recruiting. He was actually, um, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but Hunter Madden's primary recruiter. Um, so it wasn't even Brennan Marion really. Um, so when Brennan Marion left Hunter Madden, um, it wasn't even a question if he was going to decommit or anything, he was all in because he bought into Sark. So I imagine that Sark kind of has his hand in wide receiver recruiting for, um, most of those top 100, top 200 wide receiver targets for Texas. So I think any of the three um, would be pretty good options, but obviously they all come with their 
their pluses and their minuses. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and and like I said, you know, these are what are rumored to be the top three right now. There there may right. be a name that comes out of left field here in the next week or so, but I, I kind of am ready just for it to be filled um, because, right. you know, we got to start on, like we talked about, 2024 recruiting with mm-hmm. the best receiver in Texas right now, which is Micah Hudson. Um, yep. And, um, you know, you can't kind of get behind the ball there. You got to get out there quick. And, you yep. know, if, if we're going to hire somebody that like a, a Joel Filani that maybe isn't the best recruiter, that, that kind of scares me there. Um, mm-hmm. And even Kiri Colbert, I, I was looking up his um, his all time commits, and you know it's all four stars. But there's only uh, well the top five are four stars, sorry. Um, yeah. But they were mainly at USC, and I think one or two of them were um, at Florida. So he, it doesn't seem like he has that much um, experience recruiting. But when he does, I mean, his top three guys are. Um, 38 nationally, 94 nationally, and 112 nationally. So he he can go out there and get receivers um, at a high level, um, and, and that's kind of why I have him as my number one guy right now. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we hear a name before the weekend. Maybe it waits till next week. But um, I'm just ready ready uh, to have one and, and for them to hit the road running and, and start recruiting these guys. Absolutely, and. Something just to note, like Fulani, his his highest recruit is obviously a three-star, but the only places he really was a coach is North Texas and Texas Tech. So mm-hmm. Texas Tech isn't a place where you, you can grab a whole lot of four-stars. Um, so I, I would give him the benefit of the doubt, and obviously if he does become the Texas wide receiver coach, I am going to, um, you know, justify this as as any way possible um to make him seem like the best coaching candidate ever i will spin zone any any which way (laughs) um colbert kind of the same thing but i mean you're recruiting at usc in florida so those are some big big time programs um so makes sense that he that he grabs some big names um i'm forgetting usc's head coach um before Lincoln Riley, obviously. Um, oh, um, I can picture his face, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> big dumb face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. But anyways, he was a, a lame dunk, lame duck head coach for two years. I'm sure Colbert had had some struggles recruiting wide receivers there um, for a little bit, you know. So, just something else to know, and then. Like I already mentioned, Chris Jackson hasn't recruited at all um, in his career. So yep. that's just, you know, a little something. Um, it seems like all three of these guys kind of are coin flips at this point. It's kind of hard to tell. There's not really a home run. I thought Samples would be that guy. Um, but alas, he is not um, in the running. So. I think it also makes sense that they haven't announced uh, a, a wide receiver coach yet uh, with Chris Jackson still playing in the playoffs. I think they're really waiting on him. Um, and honestly, I don't even know if they've interviewed him yet. Um, but if they haven't, that makes even more sense. If they have, then it almost seems like you should be preparing for Chris Jackson 
to be the wide receiver coach at Texas uh, next year. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, he actually put out a tweet. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, basically refuting <laughs> all the rumors that were going around about him uh, potentially leaving to go um, coach the wide receivers at, at Texas. Um, but yeah, it, oh, here it is. Um, he put out a tweet January 16th. Oh, so yesterday <laughs> saying, uh, F- FYI, ideal in reality and not rumors. I am the wide receiver coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, where I'm under contract and absolutely love it. My main focus is doing my job to the best of my ability and preparing for a huge playoff game this weekend versus the Chiefs. And then he put in the locked in emoji. Um, then yeah, he also, yeah, he also subtweeted <laughs> it with, uh, I've not had any conversation with anyone outside of this organization regarding coaching. I'm a Jacksonville Jaguar. So he's kind of refuting okay. it, but um, like you said, it may be he hasn't yet. <laughs> they're, they're waiting right. for the playoffs to be over and then they'll, they'll bring them in for an interview. But, yeah. but um, yeah, it's like I said, if it, if there isn't one named past this weekend, you know, I'm going to start leaning toward him potentially as being the wide receiver coach, but Correct. Right now, I'm, I'm I kind of really want uh, Kerry Colbert to go ahead and and uh, mm-hmm. sign on the dotted line and, and get on campus and start recruiting. Yeah, I think that's another thing to note is I think the longer this drags on, the less likely it is for Colbert to be yeah. the guy. Falani isn't sitting on a job right now, so I think he's open for the wait. But Colbert, he's starting to recruit this 2024 class already. I mean, he probably started a year ago, but now he's really digging in to these 2024 targets. So as the days go by, it gets less likely that it's Colbert and more likely that it's going to be waiting on that Jackson interview um, or it's going to end up being Fulani if the Jackson uh, interview doesn't work out. So it, as we talk it through, it's sounding a lot more like Fulani is their third option here. Um, but, yeah. you know, we'll wait and see. It is kind of cool of Chris Jackson to – you know, not take any interviews during the, um, you know, during the playoffs, he's kind of locked in with his team. And when the playoffs are over, I'm sure he's going to take the interview, see how it goes and make a decision from there. I just think that's something that doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. Um, Offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, they want to take these interviews because obviously they want to move up in their career. Yes. Um, and, and get a head coaching job, which I don't blame them for, but I just think it's more so props to Jackson for kind of um, putting the team first here and letting his career kind of play out as it will. So I think that's just a good characteristic of his um, to have. Yeah, I completely agree. And and one more note I might throw on there. I know we've <laughs> gone on about this, but um, no, it's fine. I think one thing that Sark is looking for as well is um, somebody who's going to stick around for a little bit. We, we kind of yeah. knew that Brendan Marion was going to be a one and done or a two and done because he, mm-hmm. he wants to get up to that OC slash head coach um, level very soon. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can't discredit having a wide receiver coach stick around for a couple of years. And, and um, this is, this will be the third wide receiver coach in three years uh, with, yeah, uh, right. Um, what's his name before the terrible Andre Coleman. Yeah. Andre Coleman yeah. <laughs> before uh, Brendan Marion. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, just getting somebody in there who hopefully will stick around for a year to three, maybe even to four years and, 
and kind of mm-hmm. get these guys in the same program and um, getting these young guys in here as well. Um, that'd be nice to see. And, and, you know, they kind of expect what's going to happen and, and hopefully the development follows as well, um, which I think will with um, Kerry Colbert looking at his uh, track record. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is a great point. And, you know, if you're Sark, you're probably, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but you're probably getting the feel that a uh, Terry Joseph, um, a Tashard choice, um, an AJ Milwe, like those guys might leave at any given uh, moment, really. It, it, any of them can become offensive, can get offered an offensive coordinator position. And it's probably a better situation than Texas as a positions coach. Um, so if you're Sark, you kind of want to lock down to your point, one position that's open right now. So you don't, so you're not filling multiple positions um, in the 2020. Uh, three off season. So a year from now, um, you kind of want to put out small fires and not hire a guy like a Brennan Marion um, again as a wide receiver coach, just so you have to replace him and along with a Terry Joseph or a running backs coach or a quarterbacks coach. So, yeah. And, and we talked about it as well. You know, these guys moving on is not bad for Texas. It's, you know, if, if they're getting no. upgrades, if they're going from a position coach to an offensive coordinator, even a um, mm-hmm. lower level head coach, you know, that's that's good for Texas. But that's props um, to Sark. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you also have to keep some familiar familiarity um, on the coaching mm-hmm. staff with the position groups and all that. So, um, you know, you you want it to happen. You just don't want it to happen all at once. Like you just said, you want right. to you want to patch little holes as you go. Not not the not the whole ship, basically. Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, Sark is coaching these coaches. So yeah. it's a lot easier to coach one coach while the other guys kind of know know the, know the game plan and know what's expected of them already. It's a lot easier to focus in on one guy, develop him, and then kind of move on, like we keep saying, and patch small holes instead of coaching three or even two, but two to three to four coaches, uh, assistant coaches at a time. Um, Nick Saban is a guy who is incredibly good at that, which is unbelievable. Um, you know, he would get poached every single year, especially when Sark left, he brought, um, how many, at at least three, uh, coaches with him. So, um, you know, just, that's not, that's, I guess it's, it's a compliment to be like that as a program, but, um, hopefully you can get guys who, who kind of want to stick around longer. Uh, and kind of move move on and at different times. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think we hit that point a lot, and now I'm just kind of repeating. <laughs> so, um, do you have any other thoughts on this coaching search? Just so we're clear, your number one is Colbert, your number two is Jackson, and your number three is Falani. Yeah, um, on a you know, wish list. Yeah, if it's if it's just those three guys, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, correct. Wait, that's this is all speculation. Yeah, honestly, if there were other people, I probably wouldn't have Falani on the list. But that that's mm-hmm. that's just my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. All right. Let's get into this 2024 class. We got a new commitment. Um, quarterback. He's only a three star right now, um, but he's inside that top 500 and. 
sounds like he could kind of move into a four star, um, you know, with a solid season next year and a solid off season um, this summer. Um, and that is Trey Owens. Um, so that's brings our 2024 class to three players, Hunter Madden, who is right around that top 100 at wide receiver. We talked about him a little earlier, Jaden Allen. Um, he's in that top 200 range. He's a cornerback, um, brothers to Brian Allen. Um, and then obviously Trey Owens, the quarterback. So, um, maybe talk a little bit about those three, um, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, Hunter Modin or Modin, however you say it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He, he's one that, you know, was a big early get for, for Brendan Marion and Steve Sarkeesian. Um, yeah. you know, like you said, top 100 player. Um, and you know, he's that build that Sark loves at wide receiver six foot one seventy five. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, being able to get him early on was, was a really big thing. Um, and you know, I, I'm glad we haven't lost him yet. I know we were talking about a little bit earlier that, um, it says Brendan Marion was his primary, but it's Sark Sarkeesian's obviously in the room there. And, yeah. They don't, and list, he, yeah. yeah, they don't list the, uh, the head coach, but you know, Sark's obviously been in contact with him and, and will probably, um, fill him in on the wide receiver coach before anybody else, you know, he wants to keep his right. guys. Um, and then Jaden Allen, like you said, uh, brother to Brian or BJ Allen, um, another cornerback that I, I think is going to rise quite a bit um, this next mm-hmm. year. He reminds me um, kind of about that Jalen Gilbo, you know, the same size ish, maybe a little shorter right now, but he may grow into it as, as the season um, comes to an end next year. Um, but he's one that I could see rising to that top 150, maybe even top 100 if he has a really good year. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about him to get on campus and, and see what he can do. His, uh, I think his picture on 24 seven is a little old because he looks like he's 15 years old, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's one that I, I expect big things out of as long as well as, uh, his brother, uh, Brian Allen mm-hmm. and then, uh, Trey Owens, um, you know, obviously you can't take the number one quarterback every year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we took a step back here and I, I've seen a lot of people, um, say he reminds um, them of Mac Jones, kind of a developmental guy. That was guy. going to be my point. Yep. <laughs> That's going to sit there for two, three, maybe even four years after a red shirt and just take over one year and then maybe get drafted. Um, right. I, like, like you said, he, he should be able to climb with a good year. Um, my max for him would probably be around the top 300 mark. I don't know if he's going to sneak into it or not, but um, right. I could see him getting close. Um, but yeah, he, he's a developmental guy. And I think he knows that he, he seen what Steve Sarkeesian can do with the quarterback position. And, you know, he, he knows Arch Manning's there. Quinn Ewers is there. Uh, Malik Murphy is there. Um, so, so I don't think he's in any rush to get playing time right away. He just wants to learn and, and try to get drafted um, just like Mac Jones did. Uh, but yeah, so far, good start to the 2024 class. Um, obviously we're going to have to hit some other positions, but I, th- I think we're going to dive deeper into our, wish list in a in a week or two here yeah and and you hit the nail on the head there for trey owens notes i just put equals mac jones at alabama um just a guy who's not really highly recruited but all the measurables six foot five 200 pounds right now obviously he's going to grow um more and fill out a little bit as he gets older but 
a guy who could definitely develop into a starting caliber uh, power five quarterback, um, whether that be at Texas or not. Um, his 24-7 sports picture, actually, is him in all decked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it wasn't a very big shock that he picked Texas. Obviously, um, I'm sure they changed the picture after he committed, but um, I don't I don't think it was a very well-kept secret that Texas was his number one. And as soon as he got offered a scally, um, he kind of took it and committed right away. So um, obviously, like you said, you can't get the number one or number two. We'll get into that um, in a little bit. <laughs> um, quarterback in every recruiting class. After you land a guy like Arch Manning, um, it is going to be insanely hard to um, to recruit the quarterback position after that. Um, so I I wasn't ever expecting um, a huge top one hundred uh, quarterback um, in the twenty twenty four cycle. Obviously, if we didn't land Arch Manning, I think we go hard after Dylan Rayola. Yeah. Um, who is the number one quarterback in the in the twenty four seven sports composite right now? Um, now, now that we have kind of our filler uh, quarterback, because I think you have to take a quarterback every year. Um, and like you said, Trey Owens seems like a guy who is fine with sitting um, for three to four years, um, and as long as he sees a path to playing. I don't think he really leaves Texas um, until maybe his redshirt senior year where he doesn't see a path to playing time. I think that's the only time that you'll see him hit the portal. Other than that, I think he'll just kind of bide his time, wait his turn in kind of just like Mac Jones, just like we already talked about um, start for one year, hopefully. And um, you know, most likely if you're in this program for over four, four years, um, and Texas keeps recruiting wide receivers the way they have, um, you're going to do really well um, yeah. <laughs> in one year of starting. So awesome to get Trey Owens. Probably really exciting also because as the quarterback, he's going to be playing on a lot of seven-on-seven seven teams, and he is the biggest Texas fan um, probably in all these seven-on-seven seven teams. So it's great to have a rep there. Um, just to kind of speak the Texas gospel, if you will, <laughs> yeah. um, to all these potential recruits and kind of develop relationships um, with this 2024 class. So getting a quarterback this early um, is awesome. We obviously saw Arch do it, um, but he committed so late in, in July where a lot of these um, receivers already kind of were picking their path and, um, and obviously Arch made a difference, but um, Trey Owens might make more of a difference on the early stages of these wide receivers um, still kind of choosing where they're going to visit, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. So, um, all right. Yeah, um, and I didn't really talk about Jaden Allen or Hunter Modded. I think you did a good job with both of them. Um, there's not really much to say. We talked about it before the pod, but we'll get more into the 2024 class um, a little bit later, um, maybe even next week. I don't know, but um, but we'll get into it later in the offseason. 
um, and just talk about more more about targets, who Texas needs to grab. Um, I think Micah Hudson is going to be number yeah. one on on our list or number two. Um, so we'll get more into that later on. We'll stick more with some more Texas news right now. Um, moving on, Arch Manning slides down to number three overall per on three um, um, rankings. So not the composite rankings, just their personal rankings as a website. He slides down to number three, Nico Ayamaleva um, moves on to number one. He is now their number one quarterback. Um, and then Keon Keeley, the Alabama commit um, as an edge rusher is moved up to number two. Um, your thoughts there. Um, is it a big deal? Because I know a lot of people are going to dunk on Texas for this. And I have a feeling some Texas fans are going to be really pissed about this. <laughs> yeah, you're completely right with both of those. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it it doesn't really matter. <laughs> he's still, yes, he's you. not going to look at that <laughs> and say, oh, I'm, I'm number three now. I can't be the best version of me. You know, he, he's still yeah, going to be right. Arch Manning. Nothing changes with him. Um, yeah. It kind of sucks for him, I guess, um, because, you know, consensus wise, he can still say, I was the number one overall recruit in the country. Um, mm-hmm. But into like each site, I guess you can't say that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not really that big of a deal. Um, I, I think it's being a little overblown. And, and like we've said, consensus wise, he's number one nationally, number one in the position, number one in the state, um, obviously. But it's, I, I don't know, it, it's more annoying than anything seriously yeah. wrong with their rankings, in my opinion. Right. I agree completely. I mean, um, 24 seven still hasn't made their last, um, changes for the 20 or for the 2023 class. So, um, why they made such big changes is the all-star game circuit. Um, so I'm not sure if Nico actually went to any all-stars, but he definitely did seven on sevens. And that's something that Arch didn't do at all. So, the fact that Nico was in these seven on sevens um, in maybe all-star games, which Arch also didn't really do. Um, I think that really helped his case to become number one in the position and number one overall for the on three rankings. And something else that is probably just a fact is Nico is probably just more talented as a thrower of the football than Arch is. Um, and he's, he's probably got a little bit more twitch to him as well as a runner. So those are things that obviously matter. Um, how much they matter, I'm not sure, because I think the best trait for Arch is his brain and his composure um, and his personality. So take away the, the throwing, and Arch is actually a little bit mobile as well, um, believe it or not. So take away those, and I think Arch's uh, three quali- three best qualities are still there. So I personally think he should probably be the number one player, but I get the case for Nico Imaleva, Um just from a pure athletic standpoint. Um, he's probably better, but I think it's really a non-story, and we are not helping by talking about it making the story as well but i just i just feel like we had to talk about it um because it's the off season and this is what we do yeah um and then so we talked about nico already but keon keely as well um i think that kind of just makes sense because 
if you're an NFL team and you're not drafting a quarterback, you're probably drafting an edge rusher. Uh, and Keon Keeley is a really, really good one who also participated in All-Star uh, Week. And he dominated. Um, I think he was at the San Antonio uh, All-Star Game. And he absolutely dominated. Yeah. So I think that helped his case a lot. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Uh, like you said, it, it's they're really good players, all of them. <laughs> you know, all, all these yeah. guys in the top 10, even top 20, you know, they, they, are, they could possibly be interchangeable. Uh, you can mm-hmm. move them up a couple or, or down a couple. Um, and like we said, it, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not like you're getting a different player because on three says they're number three instead of number one. Um, right. You're still getting the same player. Um, that that one didn't really annoy me that much. Um, but the mm-hmm. one I think we're about to talk about next is is one that – um, um, I was a little more frustrated with. <laughs> yes, yes, I I completely agree with you here. I think I have a take that makes sense for it, but let's stop beating around the bush here. Anthony Hill is ranked number fifty nine overall, and um, obviously that makes him a four star per on three. Um, again, this isn't their composite. This is their specific site recruiting rankings, but ah, uh, number fifty nine overall. Um is just way too low in my opinion for somebody who has probably a really high floor as um, a run stopping linebacker who is incredibly athletic um, and smart. So I I don't know how they possibly have him that low. I'm going to pull him up right now though, and see what linebackers are ahead, but I'll throw the floor to you right now. Yeah, that one, I, I don't get it at all. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't done anything to deserve being dropped that much. Um, right. Obviously, you said 24-7 hasn't released their final, and I don't know if ESPN Arrivals has either. Uh, mm-hmm. But the highest he's rated on on any of the four major sites is 22nd, and that's by 24-7. Right. And then on three, comes out here and drops him all the way down to almost 60. Um, yeah. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. And, and all the – a&M and Oklahoma fans who say Texas recruits get the recruiting bump, they can look at that, and I I, yeah. I don't know what they're going to say. I mean, it's just it's just they're weird in my it. yeah, there yeah. it's just weird <laughs> in my opinion, and and I really don't get it. Um, but again, the the point still stands. You know, no matter if he's ranked number one in the country or or number five hundred in the country, he's still the mm-hmm. same player. You know, it, it doesn't really yes. matter what on three thinks, and and he's going to be a really really good player, and and probably. Um, a day one starter in uh, in Austin. I agree. Um, I think he's going to be a day one starter. Um, so he is the sixth linebacker, according to On3. Um, but on the consensus, again, he's still the number one linebacker yep. across all four sites. So, But like you pointed out, 24-7 hasn't released theirs. I, if 24-7 drops him um, outside of a five-star as well, I'll be, one, very surprised, two, a little concerned of like what they're seeing really because <laughs> yeah. um he also participated in the all-star games and he by all accounts did well he didn't really do anything that would you know make you think to drop him um so far one reason why i think he might have fallen um four on three is his coverage is still a little bit of an unknown obviously i talked about him being 
such a low or sorry such a high floor as a run stopper um and a smart player um who's still really athletic and can be an effective blitzer as well but in coverage i really didn't see a whole lot um not that he can't do it or that he'll never develop to do it but um you know i i think just right now as the player he is he's more of a run stuffer um old timer kind of linebacker um so that could be a reason why on three is is dropping him so low but again i think that's a little extreme because i think coverage is something that you can absolutely um you know develop in college and i wouldn't say that that's a reason to drop him outside of a five star yeah and now that you brought that up um another player that actually got a big bump um from on three was Jelani yes, mcdonald a, yes thank you for bringing him up i wasn't and, going to i was on my hater uh, <laughs> hater stuff and, but now that you mentioned the coverage stuff, you know, Jelani McDonald's kind of that hybrid linebacker slash safety. I'm, yep. I'm wondering if on three just values coverage linebackers a lot more than run stopping linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's why Jelani got a big bump and, and Anthony yeah. Hill got a big uh, drop, but mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't get it. You know, <laughs> I think Anthony yeah. Hill's a right. phenomenal player. Um and you know, I, I think he's going to show the rest of the country that here in a couple of years, and maybe even this uh, this fall. Absolutely, yeah. I I love that we're just kind of talking about. We didn't talk about this um, pre-show almost at all, um, and I love how we're kind of figuring it out as we talk about it. Cause I think <laughs> you're right uh, yeah. with Jelani McDonald making such a high jump. Um, I think on three is just valuing the importance of coverage, which to their credit kind of makes sense because these recruiting rankings are basically on the NFL draft and it's how the NFL will value these players in, in uh, three to four years. So the fact that, um, you know, the NFL is kind of moving more towards coverage linebackers, hybrid players, um, it makes sense that they're kind of discounting how high of a floor Anthony Hill has with his run stopping ability, just because they maybe, and I, now this is me just guessing, but they can't see his coverage ability as clearly. Um, and it's kind of more of a projection, um, than anything, which is kind of how I felt when I watched him play as well. So I don't totally blame them. I just think that that floor is really, really valuable. Um, and the coverage stuff will probably come because of how smart of a player he is and how athletic he is. Absolutely. Like you said, if, if his floor is a, a top 60 player in the country, which would be in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, um, mm-hmm. you know, his ceiling is probably top 10, top five in the draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, especially with what we saw with, um, Jalen Ford uh, this year, you know, I, I think um, Choke can get him to that point. Um, and I think he's really going to excel playing in, in this defense that PK loves to run. And, and hopefully we'll see him be able to flash a little bit of coverage skills um, going into this year and, and even next couple of years here. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with these new uh, recruiting rankings? Um, I'm glad you brought up Jelani again, because I was just, on my hater stuff and I just brought <laughs> two bad ones. So um, it was good to see Jelani there who also attended the all-star yeah. uh, circuit. So 
Um, and by all accounts, he showed out as well. So awesome to see for Texas fans altogether. Yeah. The only, the only other one, um, Cedric Baxter. Um, mm-hmm. Well, unless they have an update. Yeah, they had to have. Um, oh, sorry. Cedric Baxter got bumped back a, a few spots and um, Owens, Ru- Ruben Owens um, got bumped up like 26 spots. Um, so actually on 24-7 composite, um, Cedric Baxter is now the s- number two running back in the country uh, composite-wise. Um, but on three composite, um, he's still the number one running back. And the reason why that works is 24-7 uses their rankings a little bit more, um, whereas on three just right. kind of uses the average of all of them. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, depending on whose composite you're looking at, he may be the number one or number two running back. Um, so if you notice that, don't freak out. It's just he, he's still the number one running back in our hearts. But <laughs> Ruben yeah. Owens yeah. got a little bit of a bump <laughs> here from on three. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you pointed that out as well. And something that I think I will uh, fight forever is why the heck ESPN has a say in these recruiting races. <laughs> because I, I couldn't name you a single ESPN analyst that strictly talks about recruiting. Um and I, I, I think I do a pretty good job of following the other three major sites. Um, but man, ESPN, I couldn't name a single recruiting evaluator that they have. So the fact that they're really in it is, I think, just because of their name, ESPN, yeah. um, and how much say they have and how much they kind of dominate. Um, they have their own All-American game in the uh, Under Armour uh, All-American Bowl, so... I don't know. I just, I just really hate that ESPN has any say whatsoever, um, especially when it hurts the Texas signees. Like they have Cedric Baxter ranked 40th. Oh, it just really <laughs> peeves me that they get any say in this whatsoever. So that's just my little uh, standing on my soapbox there for a minute. It's valid though. It's valid. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they just paid for it. <laughs> but now ESPN hot seat. If you if you want to, you know, hire me and Michael, we will be very active, and we will make sure that everybody knows that we're with ESPN. So yes, could yes. could give them some validation, um, <laughs> and then my soapbox will be completely different. I can be bought. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, anything else on? these uh recruits and their new rankings for the 2023 class no i, th- I think that's about it until obviously 24 7 releases their final ones but I-, I don't know when that will be um but... yeah it's got to be somewhat soon um, yeah i think they're kind of i'm i'm I, i'm assuming they're just kind of compiling what they all saw from the all-american games um and then i i can't imagine it'll be um much longer before they they start coming out with theirs. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about that next week if it annoys us in any way. Um, <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about some transfer portal news. Um, Adane Mitchell, um, six foot four, 190 pounds, um, is with Georgia, um, currently in the transfer portal. Um, he's originally from Fort Bend, Texas, which is kind of around the Houston area. Um, and he moved to June, or sorry, moved to Nashville before his junior high school season. So um, on twenty four seven sports, it'll say that he's from Nashville, but he's from that Houston area originally. So he's in the transfer portal now. 
and it's rumored that Texas is interested. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that he's a wide receiver or not. Uh, if not, that is bad on me, but he's a wide receiver. So um, I am in the thought that Texas does not need any wide receivers, but I agree, and this is kind of your take um, that I agree with, that Texas can't say no to any kind of talented players. Um, you know, they just comp- just pile on as many as much talent as you can. It doesn't matter what position you play. Let's just grab the talent and worry about the rest later. Yeah, I <laughs> that's my thoughts completely. You know, um, Ad Mitchell, a, a fantastic player, obviously dealt with some injuries this year and and um, had, had a pretty good freshman year, um, all things considered. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, coming off an injury, he played his his third game of the season was the uh, SEC championship game against LSU. Um, didn't really do much there, and then um, in the uh, uh, semifinal game against Ohio State, he had three catches for forty three yards and a touchdown, and then also had a touchdown in the in the national championship game against TCU. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's somebody that you know I would be very excited to get. Um, if it does end up happening, but um, he doesn't really fit Sark's receiver receiver profile. Um, a little bit bigger, six four, um, mm-hmm. but he's very slim, very very uh, small at one hundred ninety pounds. Uh, but he's quick; he can go up and get the ball, and he's a fantastic wide receiver. And, and he showed that against um, Ohio State um, in the college football playoff. Yeah, absolutely. And now I kind of talked about, but why Texas doesn't really need any more wide receivers. Um, Let me just throw you some stats. Um, Quarterback attempts for Texas, 406 um, targets that, so returning targets I have listed, which is wide receivers slash tight ends slash running backs who are returning to Texas. Um, They had 314 targets, vacated targets. So targets that, are leaving Texas in any sort of way, 67. Um, that's 82% of Texas's targets are returning for next season. Um, and Texas is also returning Isaiah Nair on top of all of that. So there just isn't a whole lot of more targets to go around for Texas. Um, now, a way to kind of get more targets is more passes, obviously. Texas had 444 dropbacks last year in 435 rushing attempts. So they were split almost basically down the middle from passing and running. Talk about a balanced offense. Um, they only passed, they, or they passed on 50.5% of, uh, of their plays. So really, really split down the middle, balanced offense. Um, and then, they're returning a ton of their uh, wide receiver, or I should just say receiving um, production from last year. So I, I just don't know where, where um, a transfer portal wide receiver is going to fit into this offense. Yeah. And like you said, you know, last year was kind of, you know, what we saw there, but mm-hmm. um there's two big things missing in that running back room. That's Bijan and, and Roshan. Right. Um, yes. And, and like we saw in the bowl game, which I'm trying to pull up now. So um, mm-hmm. we saw a lot more passing attempts in the bowl game than we did rushing attempts. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Quinn Ewers attap- attempted 47 passes, and we ran the ball 18 times. Four of those were mm-hmm. from Ewers, so really 14 times we ran the ball. Um, I don't think it's going to be that drastic <laughs> next year. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit more balanced, but I do think it'll be closer to that 60-40 passing to, to running the ball, um, especially mm-hmm. if we can't do anything running the ball like we saw in the bowl game. Um, where right. in order to get yards, we have to throw the ball. Um, and, you know, obviously more passing attempts means more opportunities for other wide receivers. But, um, yeah, you do have to worry about it getting a little too crowded and maybe some of the younger guys uh, like a Brandon Thompson wanting to leave because he hasn't he isn't getting his chance just yet. Um, right. But, you know, like I said, you got to stack talent and and you can't really worry about upsetting guys. You just have to get the best guys in there. You know, if if right. um, a couple years ago, Devontae Smith hit the transfer portal instead of going to the NFL, um, you know, we would have taken him. We, we even mm-hmm. right now, if we had Xavier Worthy, Jordan Weddington, all those guys, just because he's the best player in the country at wide receiver at, at that mm-hmm. point, um, you know, and, and I'm not saying that's what AD Mitchell is, but, you know, I, I think he does have the potential to be a top 10, top five wide receiver in the country. Um, and, you know, he, he's going to be a junior next year. So he only has a couple more years left. Um, maybe he can get in here and, and get draft eligible or have a good year and declare for the draft and, and maybe go high. And that would help out recruiting wise um, for the new wide receivers coach and, and even Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and, you know, we, we did see Xavier Worthy struggle and not perform like he thought he was going to um, this year. So yeah. there, there's a little bit of unknown in my mind at the wide receiver position. Yes, we have a lot of talent in there, but we don't really know what we have outside of Jordan Whittington. Jordan Whittington. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of where I think, you know, bringing in more talent isn't always a bad thing. Obviously, I don't want to bring in, you know, 10 wide receiver transfers, but one or two really good guys I, I don't think would, would hurt us that much. Yeah, and to your point with the unknown, at the, specifically the wide receiver position, um, there are only two wide receivers um, in the top six in targets, and that's Xavier Worthy, obviously, with 113, and then Jordan Whittington, obviously, at 72. The next wide receiver is Casey Kane with 19 targets in 2022. So this receiver room is very, very unknown. Um, obviously, we saw a decent amount of Casey Kane just because he was on the field um, to begin the year a lot, but... As the season kind of went on, we saw a lot more Keelan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and Bijan Robinson in there. Um, so, and you bring up another good point, and this is definitely was my thought process as I was looking at all these uh, data points, is having Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson will definitely force you to run the ball more um, than you might usually so having guys that talented and being able to make um, an offense go just on the ground with their talent, I think helps a lot. Um, so I do agree with you. I think they are going to pass a lot more in 2023 because I think they're strong. Um, their strength is going to be in the passing game. And I think um, they're kind of, their wide receivers are really going to play well with, Quinn Ewers in the short passing game. Um, Jordan Whittington is obviously a great yards after catch guy, but so is Savion Red, um, somebody who 
came in as a half as a running back slash wide receiver, um, just kind of an all around playmaker and Mm -hmm. having him get more snaps will be huge for, um, you know, Texas's yards after catch. Um, And you mentioned him, but Brennan Thompson as well um, just brings an incredible speed element to this team. So getting him on the field more and giving him touches, no matter how they get him touches, um, obviously the first thing you think of with speed is running straight line down the field and (laughs) putting pressure on these safeties and cornerbacks to keep up with it. But running him on crossing crossing routes, um, either shallow cross or or maybe more of a medium um, depth of a crossing route, that's going to put a lot of pressure on this defense as well. So just getting him the ball and letting him run after the catch as well would be um, kind of a recipe for explosive plays. Um, so I am really, really excited for this passing game <laughs> in 2023. And we talk about all this without even mentioning Isaiah Nair um, coming yeah. back, who was a huge get for Texas last year's uh, transfer portal. So getting him back, obviously an unknown just because he's coming off an ACL injury. Um, you never really know how playmaking positions are going to come back from those. His strength wasn't necessarily his speed specifically, but, um, you know, obviously you still need speed at the wide receiver position, even um, if it's not your strength. So we'll see how he kind of comes back. Overall, I don't think a wide receiver is a do or die position in the transfer portal. Like I kind of thought maybe safety um, or defensive back in general. And now we grab two of them. I thought those were really big positions to fill in the transfer portal. Um, Whereas wide receiver, I think would be more of a luxury and you'd have to really, really like the player and think that they could be kind of a top five um, kind of wide receiver in your rotation for the very next season. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, I, I don't think wide receiver is a, a major need. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, defensive back where we picked up Jalen Catalan Katag- and, and Gavin Holmes there um, were mm-hmm. big needs, and I'm glad we grabbed those guys and were able to get those guys, especially Catalan, um, who has potential yeah. to be a all-conference player and even uh, you know All-American, All-American player right? Um, mm-hmm. if, if he can stay healthy, obviously. But, yeah, I'm really excited about this team for next year. <laughs> The season just ended, but man, I am I am ready for the last week of August, first week of September, um, to get here so we can we can watch more Texas football. Absolutely, another one to kind of keep an eye on is Keelan Robinson. Had twenty two targets um, as basically their third wide or third running back on the team. So we'll kind of see how he develops if he kind of turns into more of a wide receiver um, and kind of takes on that Savion red role that I just talked about where you're kind of a half wide receiver, half running back, all playmaker um, in uh, yards after catch threat. I hope that's kind of what they turn him into um, just so he keeps getting touches and you can let Jonathan Brooks, Cedric Baxter and Jadon blue all kind of cook in their own way. Um, kind of whoever is the best out of those three, but we'll kind of wait and see there. Um, obviously. Yeah, and I, you know, September is far away, but something that's not mm-hmm. too far away is is April. 
Um, so mm. I'm, I'm ready to watch the spring game and, and see what these yeah. young guys can do. Um, and, you know, we haven't even talked about, you know, the, the freshmen coming in. You know, Jontae Cook's one that I think could – could have a big right. role in this team. Um, I'm, I'm almost blanking. immediately. Yeah, and I'm yeah. blinking on the other two, uh, or DeAndre Ryan Moore, Niblet and DeAndre Moore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all top 100 players. I think mm-hmm. they could all have a big impact. Um, and you know, it's it's going to keep the older guys and even the sophomores, you know, on their toes a little bit more. That hey, if we need to play up to our standard or to um, Sarkeesian standard, or you know, we're going to get passed by these younger guys. Um, right. And honestly. I think this may be the most talented I've seen the wide receiver room at Texas in mm-hmm. probably 10 plus years. Um, just, just there's so much talent in this room and, and so many players who could um, have a big time role on this team. And, and, you know, we just haven't seen that in, in a long, long time. Yeah. And to your point, you talked about the wide receivers, but Jatavion Sanders at tight end, I don't think I've ever seen Texas have it. Yeah. Uh, tight end this talented at catching the ball and um another one who is great at yards after the catch um they gave sanders screens um multiple times throughout the year which you don't really see unless you have a special special tight end yeah um i think sanders is a guy who could be a first round pick if he has another good year next year i absolutely i don't i don't think he's at the level of of what kyle pitts was at florida but you know, I I yeah. think he could be in the potentially or even top fifty hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but, those guys are kind of a step ahead of him, but oh, yeah. he, he's he's uh, he is talented. But but who knows? Maybe he has a big year this year and, and jumps into that you know top fifteen potentially top ten draft spot. But yeah, first round I think is kind of his um, ceiling draft wise, in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And just being such a freak athlete. Really helps him out, and I'm sure he's going to do great at the NFL Combine. Yes, um, you know when he makes that jump. Hopefully, um, two more years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get greedy here. Um, all right, we're running a little long, so I don't know if we'll get into the Jaden Rashada um, news. Really, it, it, it's kind of up to you if you want to talk about it now, or maybe we just wait for the dust to settle and talk about it next week. Yeah, I think we should probably wait till next week. That'll give us a little more to talk about next week, at least. Absolutely, and hopefully, there's some there's some uh, more news on it where it's not just all speculation. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if uh, just for a little teaser here, just the speculation going on right now: Jaden Rashada, um, top ten quarterback in this 2023 class, um, signed in NLI to Florida, apparently Florida's check bounced, um, reported $13 million through four years in NIL money. Um, Jane Rashad apparently didn't get any of that money yet. Didn't get his (laughs) signing bonus, if you will. Um, and now he wants out of his NL NLI. Um, and he, you know, wants to go back onto the open market. Apparently he hasn't enrolled at Florida yet, which is, somewhat newsworthy so it's kind of putting these rumors more into plausible territory um and i'd almost say it is plausible at this point because of how talked about this is um just on a national scale so it's an interesting topic and it doesn't have anything to do with texas really but i think it's something to talk about for basically every high school athlete and 
it's going to change kind of how recruiting happens. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of an insane situation, but it could really happen to any school at any time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and NIL is not going anywhere. Um, it may be mm-hmm. restricted a little bit in some areas, but yeah, you know, you just got to prep for it and be ready for it. You can't be like Jimbo Fisher and, and say it had no role. Um, you know, when you have a number one overall class and then complain about it when you can't recruit at all, um, yeah. you know, you just have to deal with it. You know, it, it's part right. of it. And, and if you want to keep your guys, you're going to have to find ways to, to get boosters into giving up a little bit more money for these, these high level athletes. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's really the wild, wild west out here right now. And I really hope that they figure out a way to, um, you know, regulate it in some sort of way, but I'm not smart enough to have the answer for that. (laughs) So I just kind of cross my fingers and uh, roll with the punches here. So, Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Hopefully there's a little bit more of a resolution and we can talk about it in full and just kind of the effects and the shockwave that it'll cost um, in years to come uh, for high school recruiting. So uh, is there anything else you want to bring up before we get out of here? Uh, not that I could think of. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, good pod. That will do it for this week's episode. If you enjoy the podcast, learn something, or just want to support us at Texas Talk, please rate five stars wherever you're listening. But more importantly, tell your friends and family about us. Um, that will do it for this week's episode. We will be back next week, most likely on Wednesday, uh, to just give you some more updated Texas news. Like I said, we're just going to kind of roll with the punches in the off season. We'll get into the 2024 class sometime in the future. Um, hopefully we'll get some more commits, um, you know, before the spring game. So yeah. we can, we can kind of get more excited about this 2024 class, but college football never stops. So we just ended this 2023 class and it's not even completely closed and uh, we're already getting that 2024 class. So um, absolutely insane. Um, all right, that will do it. Thank you all for listening. As always, hook them. Hook them. <laughs>